Welcome to Africa's LSP podcast, where we explore the world of translation, interpretation, and localization, as well as connect with the language industry's top players. From language service providers to the businesses and individuals who rely on their services, we'll be delving into the challenges, opportunities, and trends shaping the industry. Join us as we discover the power of language and the impact it has on connecting Africa and the world. Brought to you by Bolingo Consult and hosted by Nat Kintela, Africa's LSP podcast is the go-to podcast for all things language in Africa. Welcome listeners. I'm Nat Kintela and you're tuned in to Africa's LSP podcast. Today, we're going back to Nigeria to speak with a very distinguished guest who came in highly recommended. We're going to delve into his journey as a translator and content writer and explore the challenges and potential opportunities for his languages of focus. Welcome, Soperu, to Africa's LSP podcast. Thank you. Right. Like I told you the first time we spoke, your name intrigues me a lot. So maybe we can start with you telling us the meaning of your name. And then if you can also tell us a bit about what you do. Okay. Um, my name is um, Soporu Ebudo. And Soporu is um, an Igbo name. It's a short form of um, Soporu Chuku. And um, Soporu means respect. When you add the other part of the name, that's Soporu Chuku, it um, means obey God or respect God. I am a content writer. And I'm also an English to Nigerian pidgin and Igbo translator who has worked with um, several companies so far. Mm, that's what I do. Great. Could you share with us um, how your journey began in the field of translation and language services and what led you to specialize in Igbo and Nigerian pidgin? I mean, was it primarily driven by your native proficiency in these languages or did you actually identify a significant demand for these languages in the industry? Well, um... First and foremost, those two languages are the languages I can speak and um, write in very well. That was the number one reason. Then secondly, when I started out initially, I was a content writer. You know, as a content writer, you do social media management, write blogs and do many other things online. So I wanted to keep it so. But then I was going through Facebook on a certain day and I stumbled on on an English to Igbo UIUS um, translation project on Facebook. That's for the Facebook app. It was an open project that everybody that is interested could join. So I also went through the, the translations and I was seeing a lot of errors from the people that were already volunteering. So the thing got me vest. I was like, they can't be misrepresenting Igbo this way. So I, I had to join in the translation. And so far, I've corrected a lot of um, words there that has been approved. I've also done my own original translations there that have been approved as well. And that was the first um, experience in translation. Then I also saw another opportunity. That was in December 2016, an opportunity to do, to do translation from English to Igbo and English to Nigerian Pidgin for a particular project for a, a, an NGO in Abuja. The NGO, their work is on um, creating cancer awareness and also helping cancer um, patients get treatment. So they were getting ready for a kind of um, street awareness campaign 
So they had to translate uh, a pamphlet to those two languages. So when they put it out there, I saw saw the I saw the opportunity online, and I I as well joined and did the translations in the two languages. That was how I started. Then after that, I put up the experience on my LinkedIn profile. Um, after some years, I wasn't even considering myself a translator. I was just doing my content writing. Thing. Then one day, I got a I got a message from someone in um, Vista Tech. They hired me to do translations for them. So that was how I decided to go professional in translation. That was how I became a translator of Igbo and Nigerian pidgin, basically. Awesome. Um, before we move into your work as a translator, let's let's look at Igbo being your main language of focus. What what in your opinion makes the Igbo language and its speakers unique and interesting? Okay. Um Igbo is um one of the major languages that is spoken in Nigeria. And um you find majority of Igbos in um, southeastern Nigeria that is made up of five states, Abia, Imo. Ebony, Enugu, and Anambra states, you find majority of Igbos there. That, that's, that's their ancestral homes. Then um, you also see some of them in some states they call south-south in Nigeria, like um, Delta. You can see them in um, other states as well, like Kogi in the Middle Belt. So that's the thing about Igbos. And you can as well see Igbos in every country in the world because there's this saying, Amongst our people and some Nigerians that um, anywhere you go and don't meet an Igbo man, um, you have to leave that place because our people are adventurous. They go anywhere, they can do business and prosper. So that's that about Igbo. Thank you. Now let's delve into your work as a translator. I'm aware you translate for software brands, um, mental health brands, law organizations, etc. Um I'm interested in knowing some of the unique challenges you face when translating content for these brands in Igbo and Nigerian Pidgin languages. Um, there, there are a lot of challenges, but the one that is always reoccurring is um, the inability of brands to provide them um, context to the phrases and the words they need translation in. Most of them um, just want you to figure it out on your own. And that's a, that's a challenge because you have to be able to provide the, the right translation for whatever they, they have given you to translate. And that translation has to come from the context. So that's where I get to have a lot of challenges. Majority of them just want you to figure it out, and that's a problem. That's a, that's a major problem I, I, I face in my work as a translator for brands in those niches. Right. Can you tell us about any specific cultural considerations or, or nuances that you take into account when translating content for various target audiences across different industries. I, I mean, how do you ensure cultural and linguistic accuracy in your translations? Okay. Um, first of all, um, as a translator, translating for a particular business, you have to know that um, you are representing two people. That's the business you are translating for and the people that will be receiving the translation. Now, you have to be able to stand in the gap and represent the two sides well, so that none of them feels offended by the other, especially when it has to do with um, the target audience. You have, to make, you have to ensure that the content you are translating for them to read is not going to be something that will offend them and make them see the, the brand you are translating for in a bad light. And for you to do that, you have to be able to understand what is um, acceptable in the culture of the people you are translating for. That's the people that will be receiving the translations now. You have to know what is acceptable in their culture. For instance, in Nigeria, um, 
there are a lot of things that we that we frown at here in our culture generally as Nigerians and specifically in Igbo culture as well. There are things they consider bad. For instance, when you go to a country like the US, people are allowed to dress anyhow they like and walk on the streets. And um, they, they are sure that nobody is going to harass them or embarrass them. But in Nigeria, nobody does that because it's against our culture to dress half naked and walk on the road. So when it comes to translation, you have to be able to understand that um, certain things that are jokes in the content may not, may not um, as in our culture will not see it as a joke. You might just say, okay, let me just translate um, this joke um, the way it, it, it is. And it, people here will not receive it well. So you have to be able to um, stand in the gap for both the brand and the people that are receiving do, that content and uh, translating by ensuring that the joke is done in such a way that it fits into um, another joke. Let me just use that. Another joke here that is similar to that one. That is something that people will be able to accept in, in our culture as Igbos and Nigerians as well. So that's, that's it. Right. Talking about accuracy in translation, um, you recently made a seemingly controversial post that read, if you rely only on long list of translation experience on a translator's LinkedIn profile to reach hiring decisions, you may play into the waiting hands of conmanship. Um, that's a rather bold assertion to make. <laughs> uh, tell me, what's that about? Okay, thank you for this question. Um, I'm actually glad you're asking this question. First and foremost, if you actually read that particular blog um, post I wrote on how to find the best Nigerian translators in any language, you'll find out that um, I mentioned the various ways you, you'll be able to get them and, and platforms you, you'll be able to find the best of Nigerian translators. Now, if a business is relying on LinkedIn to hire translators, there are a lot of things that happen within the translation industry um, that people outside doesn't know. <laughs> people outside doesn't know about. It's, it's just things that um, people within the family know more about. And they suffer it, and most of them they don't speak out. And that one thing is that a lot of translation companies and businesses as well they reach out to you and say, "Oh, um, there's a project that we need to do urgently. Translation project we need to do in your language pair." Urgently, and we need you to tell us your your rates, how how much you charge, and and also you do this test so that we 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 able to we'll be able to know whether you are good in this. Okay, and the translator will also submit them um, CV most times. And after going through all these processes, these businesses will not get back to the translator. They will ghost you. They will send you NDM agreements to sign. You sign the agreement, send to them. They acknowledge the agreement and. They, they go to bed, they just go and relax. The urgent work, they won't send you anymore. In fact, a company can hire you this year and the next three, four, five years, they will they forgetting about you. They will keep hiring more people in your language pay and they will forgetting about, forgetting about you. They won't send you jobs. Now, where it becomes commonship is that when that happens, those translators that they've already asked to sign NDAs, you know when you sign an NDA, the company has hired you. That's the thing. Now, the translator will joyfully go to LinkedIn and share their happy moments. Let me just use that word, their happy moment. Oh, I've been hired by this company. They will add it to their LinkedIn profile as an experience. Meanwhile, the company has not given them a, a job to do to justify the experience. They've already added on, on their LinkedIn profile. Uh -huh. 
that, that's how it, that's how it becomes commandship. You now having that experience on your wall on LinkedIn and people getting to land on your page on LinkedIn and seeing that experience. Oh, this guy has this experience and truly you've been hired. It's not the fault of the translators that they've been hired and ghosted on, but for them to have that experience there and they, they will be deceiving more people that will be seeing that experience on their LinkedIn profile. So it becomes, um, commandship, even though the translator didn't mean it that way. They are just sharing what they feel like should be their experience on LinkedIn. So many people just get deceived because of that. And they also hire them because of the experience that they've not even, they've not even um, done anything on. So that's why I say it's commandship. But like I mentioned in the blog post, there are a lot of ways to actually get the best of translators in Nigerian languages. Some of them are offline. And that has to be, um, you have to get those people through the translation companies that have worked with them um, in the past. And that's the best way to, to get the best translators because they already have people they've worked with in the past. And then the second way I mentioned them, um, LinkedIn. Yeah, LinkedIn is, is a very good platform where you can get very good Nigerian translators. You can know them from the experiences they are sharing on LinkedIn and from their profile as well. That's why, that's why I now mentioned that the profile can be deceptive sometimes if they do not have a re real life experience on what they are adding on their profiles. So that's the second part. Then the third part is um, you can get them on pros as well. But on pros, you have everybody on pros. But there are also ways to actually get to um, know the best. And they are in my article, if you, if you like to um, know more about it, you can read the article and see, see what I, I said there. Thank you. Very well then. So. For our listeners who haven't seen or read this post by Sopuru, we will share a link to the post in the description of this episode. Now, Sopuru, since we are on the matter of controversies, here's one question that is likely to generate some more controversy. We had a fascinating discussion on the previous episode of the podcast um, about localizing content into Nigerian languages. And my guest then gave a very interesting answer to this particular question. I'd love to hear your perspective on it as well. Okay. Now, here's the question. Let's take a scenario where a client has a tech platform like TikTok or Instagram and they want to localize this platform into one local language in Nigeria. Which language in Nigeria would you recommend and why? And like I told my guests then, you are allowed to be biased with your language of focus so far as you can justify your response. Okay, which one language? Well, I <laughs> see this question, um, the best answer to this question is um, that it depends on who they business wants to target, that's the best answer. If you want to target Igbos, you have to do the translation in Igbo. If you want to target Hausa people, you have to do the translation in Hausa. Any other language you want to target for in Nigeria, you have to do the translation in their language. You have to choose their language. But if you want to get the whole Nigeria into your net, then you have to translate in Nigerian Pidgin. The Nigerian Pidgin is the unofficial lingua franca for Nigeria. That is one language that everybody across all social strata, all educational level, whether the person didn't attend any school or the person is a PhD holder or a professor or whatever, even people in the villages, the people you, they consider illiterate in Nigeria, they can speak the language. In the north where you have them, um, uh, people have challenges speaking English. They speak and understand Pidgin English there. So Pidgin English is one language everybody in Nigeria can understand and speak. Even if they can't speak it, they can understand it. So I will say Nigerian pigeon. But if your target audience are everybody in Nigeria, thank you. Interesting. For those of our listeners who missed the Africa's LSP podcast episode with Olu Adamilari a few months back, 
Um, you may have to visit that episode to know if Sopuru's response to this question contradicts or tallies with hers. Now, back to you, Sopuru. How do you keep up with the latest trends and developments in the language service industry? Well, um, you, you know that um, translation is for the people. So since you are doing translations for the people, that means you have to mingle with the people and know what new languages are springing up in that particular culture or the language. Like Nigerian pidgin is very, very dynamic. The languages are just coming up every day like trends. That's how you are hearing Ichoku <laughs> from the video. And it's, it's becoming a Nigerian pidgin language. So you have to just blend with the people, understand what is a, is a trend among them. And that's, that's one thing every good translator, good translators do. Then um, how I keep up with the trends in the translation industry, I attend conferences, mostly online, because in Nigeria, I don't think there are, are bodies that um, host translation conferences. I attend um, seminars online, notably, notably the, the one, uh, one, one of them is, um, there's this um, lady, I think this comp- she was with, for this company, Adi. Adi is good with um, hosting all these um, seminars and directs, so I attend a lot of her, of her programs, as well attend a lot of um, programs across the world online. So that's basically how I keep up. Right, still on the issue of trends and development, with the increasing digitalization and globalization of businesses. How do you see the demand for Igbo and Nigerian pidgin translation services evolving in the future? Well, um, the demand for these two, in fact, the demand for Nigerian languages in the future is going to, is going to keep blowing up because, number one, Nigeria has um, the population that, that can attract businesses here, even though they say um, 133 million Nigerians are in multidimensional poverty. That means they may, may not be able to afford um, some businesses. But businesses in software and IT space will always find Nigeria attractive because we have youths as majority of our population. And I've noticed a kind of growing interest from companies in um, the blockchain and social media niche in Nigeria. I've noticed an, a kind of, what I call it, a trending interest in Nigeria. So. I expect it to keep blowing up as the years roll by because businesses will keep rolling out apps. You'll keep rolling out um, innovation softwares and a lot of um, tech um, innovations. So definitely, it's going to keep blowing up. It's, it's not going to stop. Great, great, great. So as we wrap up our discussion, Sopuru, um, as a native speaker of Igbo and Nigerian pidgin who who has succeeded in turning your knowledge and passion for your native language into uh, not only a business, but a global solution. What, what advice would you give to young aspiring Africans looking to specialize in African languages? Well, number one, I'll, I'll tell them to um, go for it. Because um, if you are good in your language, you can speak your language very well. You are sure you can speak very well. Not the one I assume that you can speak can speak it very well, I can as well write very well in your language, you go for it. Because if people keep representing your language through translations, somebody has to go and do the corrections. And um, that's the number one reason I would say go for it. Then secondly, um, the translation industry is, um, is, is a lucrative, I will not lie, is a lucrative industry for Africans because of the exchange rates. Like right now in Nigeria, for instance, 
the naira to dollar exchange rate is eight hundred and fifty naira. And if you make one thousand dollars from your project, that's eight hundred fifty thousand naira instantly. Now, if you make more, let's say three thousand dollars in a month, you know what that means for for some for your youth in a country like Nigeria where jobs are scarce. You know what that means. So go for it. The economic um, gains are there. The chance to represent your culture well as per the translations we have out there is also there. In fact, I noticed that there's a lot of um, untouched territories in um, translation in Africa. But me, I've, I've decided I'm, I'm going to, that I'm going to focus on the languages I'm, I'm doing on. I'm, I'm sure you know I also work with um, other Nigerian translators in other languages. Like, I get projects in their languages and they work on it. There are a lot of opportunities that have not even been touched in the translation industry. If you go online, there are a lot of contents that have not been created in the Nigerian translation. So there's a lot of opportunity. So I would say anybody willing to go into translation from Africa, go for it. The opportunities are there. But you have to ensure that when you are there, you are the best. That's what will differentiate you from, because in fact, a lot of people are joining now. Like in Igbo, you have a lot of Igbo translators, a lot of Aosa translators, a lot of Igbo um, Yoruba translators. But how many of those people are good in what they are doing? Or they are just doing it because of the economic benefits? When you are there, strive to be the best and represent your culture well, your country as well. well. Because if you don't represent your country well through your work, then the bad name that Nigeria or your country has in the international scene will just keep growing. And you'll be a contributor to it. And that would be bad. So ensure you are the best. Give your, your clients the best as well. And do the right things. Now, for people that are still just trying to join, you can start out as a volunteer. That's how I started. Because if I didn't volunteer for Facebook and um, the other non-governmental organization, no company would have hired me because they wouldn't know I'm, I can do those things. So that's what I would say. Awesome. Many thanks, Opuru, for being part of Africa's LSP podcast today. Um, your contribution has been incredible. And to keep the conversation going, We'll provide our listeners with direct access to your LinkedIn profile and website. Thank you again for being with us. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to Africa's LSP podcast. We hope you enjoyed the conversation and learned something new. For feedback or inquiries, reach out to us at podcast at bolingoconsult.com. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite platforms. Until next time, stay curious and keep growing.